listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. One of the things we talk about in this episode is actually the antitrust lawsuit that's going on against Google right now. And it's related heavily to their, I guess, manipulation and abuse of how advertising works. You'll notice on 9to5.cc that we don't have any ad- any advertising whatsoever. That's because we have a Patreon. We rely on our listeners to support us and we don't have any ad reads. We don't have any banners. Uh, we just rely on you. So if you head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, subscribe on one of our two levels we would really appreciate it and it helps keep the lights on over here and it helps keep nine to five free um what do we talk about in this show we talk about how scott got the flu there are sick kids everywhere halloween physics the antitrust lawsuit against google the thing the apocalypse trilogy psycho werewolf within paranormal activity next of kin it part two and uh then we talk a little bit about how scott and i are getting hyped for cowboy bebop uh, there is no episode or no proper episode of Garbage Time this week on our Patreon. Instead, we actually posted up an old episode of the 9 to 5 Movie Club where we watch Naked Weapons. So if that sounds fun, uh, I mean, you can find that episode for free, but you can also get it on our Patreon uh, at the four level, uh, at the level for 90s Deluxe. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy 90s. We love you. was the one with the computer problem everybody's having internet issues today oh man i uh i had a joke for this for <laughs> oh yeah i got it i got it so there won't be a 90 uh, there will probably not be a garbage time this week so we apologize for that in advance because we had some technical problems but it was so we're recording a little bit later than usual and scott just joined without video so my belief is scott just took off his clothes and then was like oh wait this is happening and all of this is a clever ruse 90s nights. <laughs> what on earth makes you think that I wouldn't have taken my clothes off to record the podcast usually? And it's um, not just a clever Zoom background. Yeah, we only ever see him from the waist up. That's fair. Maybe he's straight up pooping. <laughs> no, Boy, I'm on your desktop. Lug <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing into the... It's probably easier to lug the toilet. No, oh, no, 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 no. You just got a really long like extension cord for the mic, and that's why you have no camera. That makes sense. Yeah, this is what's happening. <laughs> these these musings are premium content. Yeah, they are they are premium content. I have garbage time specific content that I, I will try to put into the main show because it's been something that's been on my mind a lot. So remind me, when I mean, Keith, Peter, garbage, out that I got something. Garbage time should really just be like Zort again. <laughs> <laughs> just I'll, I'll upload our classic episode Zort <laughs> oh man I was wondering about that at some point like to put like the first like 100 episodes just like as Patreon exclusives or whatever or to just remove them for liability reasons entirely I think there's a, I, I, w- I would like to download them but then remove them for liability reasons like keep keep them but I also don't mind keeping them behind a paywall someone wants to unearth the Do dark you secrets really want to go here Bzort. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times so you got the uh, the regular flu shot scott i did yeah i got it today hooray hmm. are people close enough to pass the flu why are they not wearing masks man i work at the children's hospital yeah i was gonna uh-huh. say children's don't know there's no doing. there's no single surface in that entire building that isn't covered with boogers at some point mm. <laughs> Isn't, and there's also the, is 
is RFZ RSP just like another like a fancy word for a flu or whatever? Scott, you're a doctor. Doctor adjacent? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, like the respiratory something virus that's going around Quebec and it's in all the schools and is making everybody really sick and totally. has like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not like nearly as uh it's it has like z- a zero mortality rate. It's just like a really ugly thing that gets in your lungs right now. Legionnaire's disease. Legionnaire's disease. Yep. You get it from going to the Legion Hall. I thought you got that from water that was not sufficiently heated. Mm, reading really old DC comic books. What? The Legionnaires. <laughs> oh. But is that a thing that's happening? Not where I work. Because uh, I, I know multiple families that have been like kind of floored by like a really bad fluish kind of thing. Hmm. And they're obviously all petrified of it being covid because it has like you know your your throat and your coughs and all that stuff all just piles up and you're like ah but then they're covid negative yeah i mean people are back at work and people are back at school this year so the flu is going to happen more than it did last year mm-hmm. um we do have sanitizer and masks and stuff so i'm hoping it'll be better but i mean it's going to be better than like 2019 flu season but you know Man. still there and I went to work. I went to work, and they were just like, "Hey, we're getting out the flu shot. Register your appointment here." And I went on the website, and it was like, "We're broken. We don't know what's going on." <laughs> I went to go see one of the nurses, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it is super broken. We opened all these vaccines. Here's your shot." Pang, hmm. stabbed me in the arm, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that that's done." So, the news article is a respiratory virus unrelated to COVID-19 is circulating amongst children in Montreal, and officials are worried about overcrowding in the pediatric emergency rooms. Uh, So, yeah, it's respiratory syncytial virus, RSV. (laughs) I love the idea that officials are worried about overcrowding in emergency rooms because every day at 9 to 9.30, there's a code surge called on the Montreal Children's Waiting Room every single day. What's a, what's code a code surge? surge? Yeah, just like, we have too many patients and not enough staff, and oh my god, code. Huh. Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it kids coming in with COVID, or is it the the flu season's crazy? I mean, it's kids being in school, and they're shoving erasers up their nose, and it's choking on hot dog bites. And right. Sick kids and sharing those hot yeah. dog bites. And I don't know if you know this or not, but didn't a bunch of kids like all just go out and just start like shoving candy in their faces with their bare hands, like yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I wonder if they washed their hands before eating that candy. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the surfaces don't do it. Didn't didn't that happen? Didn't we all read about that? Well, no, but I'm just saying, but like, but your hands can be all filthy. We're not necessarily saying COVID, but I'm just saying like your right, hands are right. dirty. If you're walking around ringing doorbells and all that stuff, the same hand that's been like touching guardrails, ringing doorbells and doing all that is now open up that like Cadbury cream. Sticky, moist candy going directly in your, in your mouth. mouth. That's why you get your flu shot. <laughs> uh, apparently, it was like a huge Halloween this year. Like a lot of people were saying, a lot of kids, people running out of candy. Like some people who were like, "Oh, we barely got any kids in previous years," and instead, like had sixty plus ding dong. My neighborhood is decorated to the gills. Like everybody's going way farther out than you always kind of normally that, see. I want to say that. Well, I think this year was even exceptional for for NDG. And um, to to the point where, like, I'm walking my nephew around the neighborhood in his stroller, and um, we stop in front of houses to look at the decorations, and it's like, 
what's that, John? You know, he's like, like, you know, he's not even two. So he's like, what's that? And you're like, oh, it's a spooky ghost. What's that? Well, I don't know. I'll explain it to you when uh, when you're older. And he's like, what's that? And you're like, he's pointing at like two legs sticking out of the ground. Or what's that? And he's pointing to what appears to be a small sized body wrapped in in plastic bags and then duct taped. These are like people's <laughs> decorations. Like the decorations are hardcore. How do you explain that to a to a one and a half? <laughs> you don't. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you this. This is what uh, society is chosen. This, this is too much, NDG <laughs> guys. We chose this. We wanted this. <laughs> I, I saw a six-year-old kid wearing uh, like a lycra spandex bodysuit that looked like a white ghoul, something a la Silent Hill. Okay. And the kid was way into it and was obviously some kind of like dancer or something because that kid just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't like this. Just kind of standing and contorting themselves on the on, on their balcony. I was like, "Yeah, no, that ew." But was this kid was obviously having the time of their life, freaking people out. So, huh. my neighbor did his uh, his ghost violin thing, which is always kind of the best. Like he lives up on the second floor, and uh, he's done it a couple times. And then he introduced like the candy shoot, and then he said that he's just going to do like the candy shoot at all times, so to like never actually like interact with the kids ever again. Because he gets so he can just he just stands out on his balcony with like a super like the basic like sheet and whole cut into his head and then just like plays the violin <laughs> it's pretty great he throws candy off the balcony yeah, well he has like a shoot so he's like shoo and just like after the songs or whatever there's a little crowd of kid he just shoots a bunch of candy down the pipe nice. okay he's like i'm gonna just do that forever now because he's like it's much better to come sit there up on the balcony and just be a creepy like ghost making creepy ghost violin music yeah my neighborhood wasn't super decked out but everyone that was giving out candy was giving it out by the fistful it's great. Okay. I saw this thing. There was a someone was complaining about it on like French news or whatever, which was like asking like the rules of like COVID Halloween or whatever. It was all like blah 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 blah. As much as possible, everybody should have their bags individually wrapped so they don't just like shove the kids aren't just shoving their hands in the thing. Blah blah blah. But then there was also like kids shouldn't be like screaming and running. And I was like, get out of here, French news station. It's <laughs> Halloween. Like, <laughs> like it's like fifty percent candy and fifty percent screaming and running. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, also, they've been like, saying that since the 80s. Like, kids should not scream and run across the street because it's dark. There's cars. Things have toned down since the 80s. I recall pretty, like, messy pranks and kids running around and trashing everybody's pumpkins and, like, you know, the, like, I don't I forget what you call it, but, like, the night before Halloween, you go out and you do borderline Mat- violence. Matt night. Stuff. Matt yeah. 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 Somehow that doesn't happen no more. I mean, I don't know. Stuff gets smashed up here in Point St. Charles every now and then around, yeah. like, Usually, I, I don't think we, they do anything on matinee, but it's like the, like, at, like when we came back from the cottage, it was like eight or nine o'clock and like trick-or-treaters are already done. That's the other thing too. I mean, like, again, I never trick-or-treated as a kid, so I don't really know properly, but like Man, you missed my, my recollection was that like the kids were out at nighttime. Like kids went like trick-or-treating like after dinner, <laughs> not mm-hmm. like before dinner in the afternoon or if, the, and if anyone did go before dinner, it was like the really kitty kitties. Like as soon as you were like 10, 11, 12, you're out at night. Yeah. Like, and now that seems to be like kind of done. Hmm. Like, yeah, like, so we were out, like, we came back from the cottage maybe around eight ish or so. And then it was like, and then you saw, like, the teenagers that had, like, 
air quotes costumes, but it was just like a mask. And I was like, oh, these kids are just purging at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> these are kids are like 17, 18 years old, just in hoodies, wearing like masks and like just like wandering the street in packs. Like they're not knocking on anyone's door or anything. I was like, oh no, these kids are going to smash some Halloween decorations. This is what they're here for. No, in my neighborhood, the squirrels got all the pumpkins before anyone could smash them. Really? Yeah. No, they went after them. There's every single pumpkin I saw all weekend long had been gnawed at and destroyed by squirrel bites. Crazy. Yeah. It's what they want. It's what they hunger for. I did not know that. I mean, it's a big old piece of fresh fruit out there, right? I guess so. But I mean, I thought that that would like have been more like an observable problem for all the time. Like everybody puts a pumpkin out and you know, it doesn't always get trashed by squirrels. I thought it'd be like, I've never seen a pumpkin trashed by squirrels. No. And and they're like a hundred squirrels on my property, let alone. I'm going to start sending you texts, John. You can start seeing them. (laughs) Squirrel pumpkin. I saw one today just staring at me as it ate someone's jack-o'-lantern. Crazy. I was going to think like maybe if they didn't scoop out all the seeds or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. When it's jack-o'-lantern, it's roasted. It's even better for them. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. That's logical. I, I, I get it. I just, I've never <laughs> seen it. It's weird. It's just a, a gourd or whatever. What are they? What's a pumpkin? A root fruit? A gourd. I don't know. It's a, a gourd, gourd and a fruit. Yeah. It's a fruit? Yeah. It, it's the vegetables with seeds. They're fruits. I, mean, I guess you're right. I see that. But a cucumber? It's also a fruit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> speaking about like just like weird mind blown things so this is a thing that i remember vaguely from science class but did not think about until someone said it to me recently and i also never met anyone who had experienced it so ines one of the co-hosts uh on go plug yourself uh, grew up in bolivia at a high altitude so we were talking about eating hot food and she's like Basically, I've never had hot soup in my life because at a higher altitude, it's like 80-something degrees that water boils at. So, what? Yeah. yeah. This, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that happens at altitude. Weird. And it was just like a completely forgotten physics fact. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, like altitude changes like the boiling point of water. I was like. Okay, but 80 is still pretty hot. Yeah. You don't put 100-degree soup in your mouth. No, no, no. Yeah. But, we were ta- but like. We were talking about like that scalding soup kind of thing where she was like, like that is the absolute hottest it can be. So like you put it down, wait five minutes and that's like cooled off. Like usually right. there's like a boil, right? That happens. Yeah. And she yeah, was right. like, yeah, the heat like, is not the boil. The heat is the, the temperature that's been added to it. Yeah. The exactly. boil is dependent. Yeah. yeah. But, that, but for us, if you bring sort of like, if you bring boiling water and drop like soup mix into it, our water's at a hundred degrees. Hers is at 80. Yeah. Cools Next. off a lot faster. She could have lived a wildlife, just like dipping her hands in the soup if something drops in that's not supposed to. Maybe. No big deal. Just, oh, that's kind of hot. Like mm-hmm. 80's hot, but it's not 100. It's not <laughs> insta blister. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, she was just saying, like, yeah, there was like, so that scalding soup. She was like, never had a real bowl of scalding soup. Like, within time to make soup to time to put on table, it's pretty much just like pleasantly warm at that point. None of this, like, God. wait 10 minutes for your scalding soup. Isn't Don't tell crazy? that to Archer. I have to put ice cubes in his soup. It's too hot. He'll be like, let's move to Bolivia, Papa. Yeah. That's how Why? Archer sounds. Just, just for normal soup temperatures. Just for soup. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So 11, 11 United States of America states have filed suit against Google. 
Oh. They have filed antitrust action against the big G. Mm-hmm. I kind of imagined uh, they knew we were going to talk about it, and they didn't want us to tell our listeners, and that's why your Google Drive was acting up earlier My today, Google Drive Keith. just tried to eat up all my system resources. For that's right. So it's an antitrust suit, which is usually uh, anti-monopoly kind of activity. I did my mm-hmm. best to understand exactly what the hell was going on, but I'm not going to be able to explain it perfectly because it's really freaking technical. The details are really, really technical. And I think that's part of like how Google has managed to get away with this kind of stuff, right? They, they, I mean, it's just easy from like the, the way, way back big picture, right? They have their tentacles into many, many, many different parts of the internet's functionality. And so mm-hmm. they have the opportunity to do all kinds of schemey monopolist kind of shit and like get away with it without anybody ever really noticing. Right. So the place that people did notice and the place that this antitrust is specifically referring to is with their dominance and honestly monopoly on the ad ecosystem on the internet. Right. Like AdSense is just everything. That's how you run ads on the internet. Yeah. So, th- so to, to understand, I'm not going to try and explain it, but I'm going to do it like really quick because it's complicated and I don't get it. So the, the, to, to, to get it though, there's multiple different systems to deliver an ad to you. So Mm -hmm. you have an ad server, which sits like if you have a website, right? Like you can just like put a GIF on your website, bing, okay, now it's an ad. But Mm -hmm. if you want it, if you want a system there to like, look, okay, who has arrived at my website? Okay, what what ad do I want to show to them? You need an ad server. Mm-hmm. So Google does that. That's a service Google offers for you. It's called AdSense. Like you and I can both go to the same website. For me, it advertises like fun kitty costumes. For you, it advertises like D&D books. Right. And so it's the server that, that identifies you and then decides which ad to show to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then it gets more complicated than that because there's actually an auction system that happens behind all of this stuff. So you arrive at a website, the ad server says, okay, hey, Keith is at, this, is at our website. Who wants to show Keith an ad? It connects into an auction that allows multiple different services to bid on you. Yep. The winner of that bid selects the advertisement that comes in and then they deliver it to you. So Google is also running that service at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that when when I when I poked around with ads for this very website when I was yeah. just messing around with it way in the heyday. You're like, how much do you want to pay to like be shown, and then like how much do you want to pay for a click? Right. It was like two different things. So it's like one is you're in that initial auction, and then two, if you win that auction, you then have an extra fee if someone actually clicks on you. Well, it turns out Google is 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 like taking money from people for all of that. So they take money for anybody who wants to sell an ad into this system. They take money when somebody wins an auction and then they take money from the ad server. So that's like the the ability to deliver this. And it ends up being like 20 or 40% of the total transaction of that went between, you know, your website and the person who actually put the ad on there. So like, it's an enormous, enormous amount of money. And obviously people want to get the fuck out of that. Like they recognize how much Google is taking, taking out of the ad budget of the whole internet. And the, this antitrust thing has had people identifying where Google is cheating the system. So one of the ways is that because Google also sells ads, right? So they, they're one of the people bidding on those, those, those ad auctions that occur in addition, you know, even though they're running the service, they bid on it. So they cheat for themselves. They know what the winning bid is. And then if they want that ad, they can bid one penny more and automatically take it. Yeah. And then they don't tell people 
what the, the, the various bids on their ad service was. So people aren't actually able to identify this. It, somebody had to whistleblow to get that information out. Mm-hmm. Another one is that they will select themselves as a winner if they really want to, even though they don't have the highest bid. Somebody could bid $15 to show Keith an ad. Google could bid $6. And then because Google's running the infrastructure, they just say, okay, the Google $6 bid wins. Yeah. Cheating cheating the, the website out of out of $9 or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other ways and it like gets more and more esoteric and into the architecture of all of this. One other one other part is that they Facebook found a way to bypass this whole system. Or actually it wasn't just Facebook, but it was like a variety of companies got together and were like, I okay, how about we do meta? That's true. We're gonna get to that later. But the the <laughs> people people got together and said, Hey, how about we have an open bidding infrastructure to be able to do this called um, uh, header bidding. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of companies got together and started doing header bidding in 2016, 2017, thereabouts. And Google said, Oh shit, this, this is like, this is a, like a, an actual threat to our dominance over the ad ecosystem because it's open. Everybody, everybody can, can buy into it however they want. Mm-hmm. You may recall, I complained many years ago about something called Google. Um, oh, fuck. What was it called? Uh, it's AMP. The AMP project. Yeah. You, you remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 So I complained about it because the basically what AMP is, Google hosts a copy of your website that is optimized for mobile delivery. Mm-hmm. And it's a service. I don't know if you pay for it. I'm pretty sure you have to pay something or it's like a small amount of money that you pay for it. You say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to implement my website in a way that the AMP service can read. And then somebody can go to my website slash AMP. And instead of connecting to the, the, the computer that my website is on, they connect to a Google server that is hosting a hyper-optimized version of my website. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So I was bitching about it because, well, now now you don't get the data from the visitors. Google gets the data from the visitors. And I thought that was slimy to begin with. But what it turns out is that what AMP actually was there to do was to bypass header bidding. So header bidding was never viable in the Google AMP ecosystem. And they were just like, oh, well, we don't want to do, we don't want to support header bidding. You can use our Google ad servers. You know, it, it's not really a conflict of interest. We just don't want to implement that technology. Like they played, they played dumb. Yeah, yeah. But what then they did is if you didn't have an AMP implementation on your website, they massively downranked you in search. So anybody who was making their living off of off of ads all of a sudden saw colossal drops in their ad revenue and they're like, hey, what the fuck is going on? They contact Google. Google's like, oh, well, you got to make an app site. And then now and that's what happens back. all of our revenue at nine to five CC. <laughs> right. Our like five cents <laughs> fell down to one cent. It wasn't our diminishing <laughs> oh, listenership. Damn. You got us again, <clears throat> Google. Anywho, all of that. So there's 11 states that have gotten together. And, and done a collective attempt to uh, bring Google to heel for this. Whether or not it's going to work, I mean, who fucking knows? But there is no doubt Google is doing monopolist fucking bullshit in the background. And, like, the consequence is everything on the Internet is more expensive and all of our data gets funneled through their uh, gigantic tentacle monster network. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mean, well, that, that was uh, – what was it? AOC called that into question, not about Google, but about uh, Meta, when yeah. when the Facebook. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Crashed. Let me let me just jump. I, I forgot. I forgot. I started talking about AMP. So, Facebook and Google colluded to kill header bidding. Google went to Facebook, and they had a deal that said 
you are going to stop supporting header bidding and mm-hmm. you're going to, and we're going to, you know, like we're going to collude on, on no longer uh, not doing anything with header bidding. And in exchange, we are going to let you pick and choose a certain percentage of, of ads to win. So mm-hmm. they gave Facebook a bypass into the, the ordinary bidding system that every other advertiser had to go through. And yeah. in, in the contract that these guys wrote up for each other was there, there is going to be significant liability if this deal ever comes out. They had a code name for the project that was codenamed Jedi Blue. The, the whole, the whole how to cheat. Yeah, exactly. The whole how to cheat at the, at the auction system was called Project Jedi because they could do mm-hmm. the Jedi mind trick on the, on the auction system and automatically win them. And then Jedi Blue was when they, they partnered with Facebook, now Meta, because mm-hmm. they, their, their color is blue. Anyway, so Facebook has been, been involved in this, in this yeah, nonsense for, sure. for a couple of years as well. I'm sorry. But yeah, you, but yeah, that was it. When, when the Facebook yeah. went down, they were just saying that the, the sheer monopoly on messaging right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Earlier like between WhatsApp, Messenger, like whatever. And so many people use Messenger even as their default, like, because you can even make it your SMS app for some reason yeah. if you wanted to and your Instagram messaging. And you're like, yeah, that's a lot of messaging. Like for a lot of people, like old school text message was the only Not thing, a they thing could anymore. do that day. Well, no, yeah. but it was the only thing they could do that day to reach yeah. any clients, to reach any customers, to like plan anything. And I, I read a thing saying that, like, and I, forget, I don't know what country the guy was talking from, but he was like, in my country, people only use WhatsApp. You yeah. don't even have people's phone numbers. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do I get a message to somebody? Like, you, you know, maybe your girlfriend, you have him, or your best friend. You don't have his phone number. You don't have yeah. it. You didn't have WhatsApp's down. You have literally no way to contact them. John Oliver was talking about this a couple of weeks ago where he was yeah. like, yeah, he's like, all the like group chats and whatever else. He was, like, in fact, what's super weird is they were saying like WhatsApp as a source of misinformation because... Mm-hmm. WhatsApp almost becomes like synonymous with like the internet in like various <laughs> countries, like particularly like in India and stuff like that, because you're like a lot of the major news cycles are not translated. So like people's like DIY translations then shared in Messenger, it kind of becomes it where you're like, because the internet gets a lot smaller when you realize that all the major news sites and stuff, or a lot of them are not in your language. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're like, oh, cool. So, but then like translations of them get like mistranslated and misrepresented and then shared on, as articles on whatsapp and they were just like talking about like they literally whatsapp actually had to put in the number of times like a file can be shared it can only be fi- like shared like x number of times to stop from, like, it going quote unquote thing. viral yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's it just for like it's super weird and yeah that's what they're saying is it's absolutely it replaced as in many 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 countries and many places even sarah sarah and her cousins or whatever they all use whatsapp because it had like at the time it appeared to be more secure Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, well, it's, they still say it's secure, but, but, but like they don't, they don't hide it anymore. They say they, they can decrypt every message that goes through and they keep all the messages that go through. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, that that was it. When AOC was like talking about it, she was like, uh, WhatsApp and Instagram were competitors that Facebook was allowed to purchase mm-hmm. just buying up all their computers and basically or buying up, buying up all their competitors and then having a monopoly on messaging. That's a pretty mm-hmm. big thing, just like on its own. You have everybody's message. That's information, communication that is like... Not, is not the natural say, next step not the metaverse? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, I mean, yeah. that's, that's literally what... If you're talking about like the ad thing is obviously one giant data, but I was like, but yeah, but dude, if you have access to all the messages and then mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess you, if they get into Gmail or whatever and if they go project 
I don't know, Sith green or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> but like, just like think about how much data they have. And it's like, it's not just like that data that's advertising to you. It's your personal data that you're sharing in messages under the assumption that it's like private. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, man, don't send dick pics at the end of the people, day. People always say, well, like, what is the problem? Like, who cares? So they're going to sell me better, better fucking whatever's. I like getting good books advertised to me. I like getting good whatever. So I, I have to go back to it every time, right? There's two major world events that were caused by the data that has been gathered by this system. Mm-hmm. And both of them were horrible for the world. Thing number one is Brexit. You had targeted advertising that swung people to vote in ways that didn't make sense to them. It was Mm -hmm. like lying through ads changed the face of the political face of Europe. And the other one was the victory of Donald Trump. When they talk about the Cambridge Analytica scandal, like the data that went into that was all of your private information. And like, fine, maybe you weren't the person who was going to have your vote swung by like some shitty ad that got shown to you. But you know, when people think about ads, they're thinking about things that are in the sidebar on on your Gmail account. But ads these days are like half of the content in Reddit, right? It's yeah. like your feed is is going to show you, you know, in uh, your Facebook, your Instagram feed, or whatever is going to show you posts that are pure ads that you can't distinguish as being ads. I mean, and it, uh, it, it, go, it can go even further, which is just sort of like, say you, John, like they've, they've found evidence of this even, like, which is like, say you, John, share something that someone has paid for an advertising. Facebook will be like, John shared this. So that doesn't appear like an ad. That appears like John shared a post about a movie or whatever else. But it's like, right, they, when they in fact, those, yeah, yeah, exactly. They make that yeah. connection and they kind of like use it to, you, if you just posted a link to, you know, nine to five dot CC, that wouldn't get shoved into my feed. If you posted a link to like the Fast 9 trailer, oh, that'll get shoved into my feed. And it's not going to show like Paramount presents. It's going to be like John shared this, you know, your buddy John. So they can still like manipulate information and what you're seeing that way too, which yeah. like you said can... Which was, which was all fine, you know, 30 years ago because it was all nerds like us sharing, you know, fucking Robotech. And all your base. <laughs> music videos and all your base. <laughs> But then all of a sudden, a bunch of really rich douchebag assholes started gaming the system. And, and more importantly, your people. mom started using the internet. <laughs> it's true. She, she does. She's on there more than I am these days. <laughs> that's, I think, and that's, I think, the... It's weird. I, I don't know what necessarily, if it's ever going to get better or whatever, but I do feel that like the most at-risk group are the like older than us. I feel, and I feel that like some people, maybe our age are probably pretty susceptible. And I think that there's like young people coming up who are now like, oh yeah, I don't go on social media or whatever. Yeah. Or it's all like Finsta stuff where it's like, it's all a fake filtered. This is not me. This is a thing, like whatever it is, you know, like, yeah. I feel that there's like a younger group of people that are like, oh no, that's I'm not doing that. And I think yeah. the people cool, that cool, overshare cool. So the most are our Those parents. two groups, which is the group that A votes and B has money. Oh yeah, our parents. It's our parents. They are the <laughs> they're the ones you don't want getting influenced by this stuff. And the, and they're absolutely the ones who use it the most. Yeah. Like, yeah. like even just <laughs> my mother-in-law the other day Dude, and I say the other day, remember, recording this November 1st, so yesterday was Halloween. So she shared this before Halloween had passed. It was just like a random post or whatever, uh, just to be like, remember, it's Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. I'm like, one, way too soon. 
two, why are you sharing this? Like, what is, who are you speaking? Like, what is, like, who's the audience? Yeah, who's, who's your the audience? audience that you're like, this is something that I feel passionate about, that I need to just like put this weird conversation into the world. And Halloween hasn't even happened. <laughs> I was just like, calm down. It's like Mama. the worst type of mall holiday decorations music it's too soon and it's totally out of place yeah i was like what the hell but yeah but just crap like that and like it had a bunch of likes from her mom friends like yeah i was like oh man did it really good damn that's so Ugh. (laughs) i actually kind of want to start a war on christmas i feel like everyone's worried about one and convinced one is happening like are they though? Storm, storm the castle. I think there's oh, like yeah, there's, like a, there's oh. like a segment of the population that's going to get their their jimmies rustled about that. But like most but of thanks us, thanks to the algorithm, that section can be expanded and weaponized. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's that's the I think that's the point, right? It's like the capital riots arguably do not happen without social media, like. You know, like okay, hold on, hold on. This is a big jump between those two things. The capital riots were like an actually organized insurrection attempt. It's not the same as well, whose interest but... was stoked through yeah months of social media. Oh. Stop the steal. I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe stop the steal is is not an organ is an organic organically organic. organized. Yeah, nothing so has that... been organic in a long, 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 long and, time. And my my whole thing is, I just I don't think that without the internet and social media and messaging and like the quick, like rabble rousing abilities. Like, I don't think it was like even something an American air quotes, American would even, would ever even like consider as possible to storm the Capitol building. Do you know what I mean? Until very recently, like if you were to go mm-hmm. back in time, people would be like, Oh, you'd be shot and killed. And no red blooded American would do that. But because of the, like, the like the 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 propaganda and what or whatever you want to call it misinformation platforms and all that stuff it's like i don't like it planted and grew the seed into all of a sudden you have a crap ton of people storming the capitol building i don't think that's something that's possible to do without your social media networks i don't think that's like ironic and and sad thing is that america probably needs to have the capitol building stormed and a whole bunch of sitting politicians violently (laughs) murdered and and the reason let's for say, it, a, like, arrested. Let's not violently murder the politicians. And the reason for that violence would be that their politicians are bought and paid for by corporations. And the way for the citizens of America to unhook money from their government, boy howdy, is it not happening through whatever they've been doing over the last fifty years? It's just gotten worse and worse and worse. What was I watching the other day? That talked about know. that talked about revolution or whatever, where it was just like revolutions are like while like necessary often to like up up like upheave evil and whatever else that the very very often the people performing the revolution are not intelligent so do not put in a good system afterwards it's like right. like for sure <laughs> you're just like you're just like yep <laughs> the people that are like crazy enough to like go balls to the walls and overthrow the government. Probably not the people you want to have as your next government. (laughs) Like, definitely true. And I recognize it's like an irony and it's terrible, terrible about the thing. But it's like both Democratic and Republican governments time and time again increase the budget for for the Pentagon, increase the budget for the wars. Both of them participated in the forever wars. Both of them have been like, like 
drone bombing civilians in really poor countries for the last 25 years. And then meanwhile, what's his face? The moderate, moderate Democrat guy is just sort of like, no, you can't have health care. Right, right. You're a left-wing nutjob lunatic if you imagine that there could be single-payer health care that would take care of your whole population for cheaper. Yeah, what, what is it? Man, 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 Mancini? Manson? Man, I can't remember. Mention? I don't know. Cine, mention, maybe? Cinema. Yeah. Cinema is one of them. There's Anyway, there's two Democratic uh, senators or whatever now who like yeah. shot down a giant chunk of the like the Biden uh, the better Biden bill, whatever the hell it is, which had a ton of like money where again, which to the thing that no one's talking about is a fraction of the defense fund, right? Yeah. Like you're like all of this money that would provide all of these services is like a fraction of the defense fund. So when we're nickel and diming on 1.7 billion or like 1.8 billion trillion, trillion. trillion yeah, yeah. It, that is nothing compared to the, def- the defense fund. And again, when you talk about like, what was it? The, the statistic about Google, where you're like Google, who we just talked about, monster company, has like 125th of the operating budget of the U.S. military or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like Google. <laughs> and you're like, yep. Oh, man, it's gross. And the world is scary. So let's talk about something fun. Speaking of gross, giant tentacle monsters that scare us about the future, I watched Wait. The Thing this weekend. I, like, Ooh, oh. I thought you were going to say, like, when, when, when uh, John said, like, something fun, you'd be like, I watched some pause for effect thing no that's terrible (laughs) that's terrible yeah no the thing was amazing it still was fantastic i was very happy i watched it and it made me remember the time the first time i'd ever seen it which was with some dudes from sci-fi and we all watched it drunk in the middle of the night and scared the crap out of ourselves doing it. It was very entertaining. So the thing about the thing is, if I recall, I watched it recently, not mm-hmm. like super recently, but uh, around the time that I think we watched Prince of Darkness, actually, Scott. So this is like maybe like Ooh, the Apocalypse ago. Trilogy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Uh, and it, the same thing kind of existed for Prince of Darkness, which is it's super good and super moody and super atmospheric and everything is super spooky, but some of the effects come off very much as 80s movie effect, which as like a fan of practical mm-hmm. effects, I love. But as a like immersion technique, you're like, that's a special effect. Here it comes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is the, kind of the, the mark on the thing is the, the, the effects are like hokey. The exception being the first time you see something melt down in the thing is outstanding. So the first thing you see that's gross is, is they, they go back to the Norwegian station and they find like a half mutated body, Mm -hmm. but it's dead and frozen. They bring it back and they just kind of look at it. it's like a gross model. But the first time you see something like actually mutate on camera is the dog. Yeah. And holy shit. That's good. (laughs) The dog just kind of turns to the camera and growls and its face splits open like a Demogorgon and the skull is there and it's dripping with blood and it's, actually really gross looking some of the other stuff later with like the the body morphing and the you know yeah. the chest cavity turning to teeth and eating the guy's arms off that's it's it looks dumb yeah, it looks like claymation well some of it is claymation right at the end they yeah. do a bit there's like stop motion mixed with uh with actors yeah, yeah. but the, the freaking atmosphere of those movies are so good yeah Did you watch for the shine in people's eyes? So there's like a whole theory that you can always tell who is actually been possessed by the thing 
because there's like little tiny glints in their eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I saw that. I, I did see a couple of conspiracy theories about the end mm-hmm. that like um, Kurt Russell offers Keith David a drink, but he's actually been chucking around Maltovs all day long. So Keith David takes a sip and Russell is just like, Hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> but man, it's good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of of that movie. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. Probably I about ten years. It long enough. I was like, it sounds almost like it deserves a ranking, but I don't know if we have any of us have seen it recently enough. Other than I haven't, but I will. I will get. It's to on it Netflix. It's I on have Netflix. it. Uh, I actually bought it on Blu-ray to show Debbie. I was Ooh. so like excited to show one of the great classics of horror cinema, and it's like a Carpenter movie. That's like, what are the other good Carpenter movies to show to people? Probably like Halloween, um, Mouth of Madness, Halloween. Not, and... I don't know about Halloween. It's like it's like a slasher that that it was, was like for important no money. for its time, but probably is not as gruesome, intense as uh, as many, many, many other slasher movies. I would say in the mouth of madness. I think that's that's fog, or is that or is that Clive? Yeah, was that Clive Barker? Was that no? John Carpenter did the fog. Yeah, Clive Barker did uh, Hellraiser. But yeah, John Carpenter. Oh, oh, they live. They live is another one. That's a that's a perfect movie. movie. Yeah, I mean, also Carpenter did Escape from New York. No, he did do Escape from New York, but that one also has aged a little. Yeah, a little little on the slow side. And Big Trouble is also Big Trouble in Little China. That's magnificent. Man, the John Carpenter is great. John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, Matthew made in heaven. He's underappreciated. So, John, you brought up In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. And that's that's one of the Apocalypse Trilogy movies. Yeah, along with Prince of Darkness and Prince of Darkness and the thing. Um, I know a lot of people who really like In the Mouth of Madness, but I think it's my least favorite of the three. Mm. Yeah. Because no I know way. Prince of Darkness I, I is bad, take, but I, yeah, I, Prince, I, of Prince, Prince of Darkness bad. is pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> but it's got it's got some really creepy stuff in it. Yeah, like the like, bug thing, like where the guy like becomes like the pillar of bugs. I remember that was like a whoa, like that's that's gnarly. Yeah, it has good moments, but it is not a complete work. Like like in the Mouth of Madness is. I will admit, in the Mouth of Madness, like the the second act kind of falls apart a little bit. Like there's a, like the the build up is wonderful. The first bits when they get to the city are incredible. Uh, what's it called? Um, Hobbs End. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, but then like as it as it goes on, it just kind of like loses steam a little bit and becomes a bunch of creepy segments. And then and then what the fuck happens? The thing is obviously the the peak of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go thing Mouth of Madness. Prince of Darkness too. Prince of Darkness, like, like there, there's periods of it where you're just it's dragging and you have no idea what the hell's going yeah. on. Yeah. Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> Speaking of uh, horror classics, I yeah. too watched a horror classic, which also Ooh. that thing at the beginning when I said about segue into the thing, it's all going to tie together. I rewatched, as I often do around the spooky season, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, oh, yeah. which uh, always blows my mind <laughs> like just does like, it yeah like there, so there, there's stuff in that movie that just so like i was i was talking about it with sarah like everybody thinks that like the big twist is that uh anthony perkins norman bates is actually the mom right no that's like what well that's the twist of the film like, i mean that's, that's like the, the twist, twist of the movie i don't right? i don't think it is 
Well, I'm just, well, I don't know. Yeah. Fine. He's always talking about mother. Mother says mother. Yeah, says. that's it. And, and like, my mother's an invalid and there's the, the thing, whatever else like that. But they were yeah. like, what, like the real twist, or I would say like the, the, the intelligent twist of the film is that you think you're watching a movie about a lady who stole $40,000 and she gets murdered right in the middle. And then the $40,000, everybody who's looking for her, like her sister and all that, thinks it's super important. Norman Bates doesn't even know about it. And in fact, throws it into the tar. And that's like, if you think of like the, the compared to like other like thrillers of the time, like this movie came out in 1960. Like, yeah, like a woman who like steals $40,000 and goes like, that's a thriller. So it's like baiting you in like a movie from the 50s. Like, this is actually like a crime caper and like a scorned woman stealing money and like on the road. And then they murder her like, really almost in the middle of the movie like then that's your lead actress who's in all the posters it's almost like prototype hereditary like you know i, I think so you're 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 right about that and then but there's there's another level to it that i think is part of why it's impossible to really appreciate psycho the way it would have been appreciated right when it came out so mm-hmm. the actress that that gets killed i'm pretty sure yeah, it was Vera miles Janet Lee? Lee. Yeah, you're right, right. It's Janet Lee. So Janet Lee, the movie that she had done just before was Mm -hmm. like she was she was like a mega leading lady, right? Mm -hmm. Super, super big star. And she hadn't done crazy horror movies like this before. So like everybody who went to see Psycho was expecting her to live all the way through it. And it it would be like killing like like a leading lady now in a, in a yeah. totally unexpected way doubly so but even in the op- like in before she, before she gets to the base motel there's like a scene yeah. where she's like driving and there's like the conversation of like her stealing the money is like playing mm-hmm. back in her head and she kind of gets a smirk and everything and i was like old alfred is baiting you i feel that if you're sitting there friday night movie that and the, and then she's the leading lady you think she's gonna be the psycho because she gets mm, like, like yeah. she's driving, she has these conversations in her head and she kind of gets this like crazy smile in her face after having like pulled off the heist and everything. And to your point, like th- she's the money actress. Yeah. Like there's a, there's you being kind of like led down that like she's the crazy one. Then it turns out to be Norman Bates. So the, the other level to it is that Alfred Hitchcock, just before making Psycho, had made North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that movie was, was like a spy thriller. It wasn't quite. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't quite a crazy twist. So people were kind of going to see Psycho expecting something along the lines of North by Northwest. Where with... someone stole $40,000 and now it exactly. might be like a whodunit and chasing her down or whatever else. And then just exactly. like, exactly. it's a dude and an old lady who stabs you. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that's what I'm saying. Like that, And it happens, like you said, in the middle of the movie, which is like, what the hell? The star just died and like yeah. never to return again. And then, like I said, builds on itself. And then you find out that obviously Norm Bates is even crazier and there's all the drops. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so just it's just the the twist without without knowing like the context of where Hitchcock was at and knowing Janet Lee, yeah, like you you kind of can't appreciate it from from in the modern era. I think like I said, I think you can uh, I, without all that context. Fair enough, but yeah. just like the yeah. fact that like I said, you have the leading lady, and it really really sets itself up to be a movie about theft her. and a heist. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, and even like her boyfriend and her sister when they're looking yeah, for yeah, it, they it's all so think it's developed, fun. right? Yeah, it's exactly. So like, developed. All the entire stuff. heist is is it, it's a real heist. It's not a red herring in the sense like she did steal it. It yeah. just had yeah. nothing to do with why Norman killed her. Like, yeah. uh, real good. And that that got me to thinking about. And it was only I could only really get to horror movies with this. But I was like the most like iconic 
songs and sound cues in cinema. <laughs> like 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 the like yeah. like wink 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 and yep. like the like that that's tops. The other ones I came up with were Jaws theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Imperial March. Maybe from I actually think that I don't yeah. know if that's a sound cue. I mean I guess it's a sound cue, it's not necessarily a song. Yeah. Uh, uh, I came up I had the Ghostbusters theme song. As a cue? Like, well not as a cue, but just like like music where you're like you can hear it for like a split second and immediately identify the film it's from. So oh, I guess oh, right, Danger I, Zone. Also super super yeah. iconic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you just mean like like iconic sounds? Well the yeah, inception like, trailer. Like, like, uh, it was the the thought of so you know how like a good wrestling entrance, you know who's coming like within a second? Glass shatters. Yeah, exactly. Glass shatters, car crash for Foley, yeah. you smell for the rock, whatever. Like all that stuff. But just like like that, but like for like movie tunes or whatever. The Indiana Jones. Mm. Yep. Like yeah, you're there. Wow. There was another one that just sort of went. Halloween theme also probably. Yeah. That that one almost went to saw, but yeah, and and so and that had me thinking about the fact that in no way, shape, or form am I necessarily saying it's automatically going to be good, but none of the Ghostbusters trailers have had the song in it, and I was like. That's kind of genius. And I was like, and to me, I was like, don't put the song in the trailers. I'm like, don't put the song on the opening credits. I'm like, don't put the song at the ending credits either. Are like, you talking like the original Ray Parker? Was it Ray? Yeah, like, like yeah. I was like, you want movie theaters to pop. I was like, you have to like save it for a moment in the movie where it's real. And don't play a remix. Don't play bullshit. Don't do a little that's playing on a like radio and it's a little nod or whatever. I'm like, no, play, use the, none of it. And then use it as a real like needle drop in your movie, and you will have like Ghostbusters nostalgia fans just like tripping out. Because uh, when they made the new, the bad one, <laughs> they like had a weird remix of it or whatever that yeah. played. And I was like, get out of here. This is what are you doing? You have like probably let's like as theme songs, the only one that Hold we on. said is that it's really a theme song is Indiana Jones. Like Ghostbusters theme song has to be, has to be a top five recognizable theme song for a franchise like the thing is it's sony pictures and sony pictures is guaranteed to try and and get the the cover done with one of their bands that signed to the sony label and play that one in the credits who cares (laughs) (laughs) i mean i get it i'm with you but this is sony give me give me the remix or whatever uh, but you can't tell me that they can't just like buy that movie, that buy that song forever from like Ray Park, whatever his name is. He doesn't even own it. He has to pay so much of it to Hugh Lewis. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, man. The real person who's excited here is Huey Lewis, doing nothing, <laughs> waiting for that paycheck. Uh, yeah, so I think it was uh, Pat went to movie theaters to go see Dune a couple weeks ago. I'm sad. I'm sad. We're and, well, well, we'll get to it. Uh, but he was just saying, like, literally every single trailer was for, like, a reboot or a franchise or something, something. It was just, like, it was, like, Ghostbusters and Matrix and Batman. And I was like, yep. Yeah, but I was like, in an era where Hollywood wasn't taking any chances for a really long time, I feel that shutting down movie theaters for, like, a year and a half has made them even, like, more risk averse than, like, 
<laughs> we were bitching about like sequel and remake syndrome already for like mm-hmm. the last 10 years and now they're like there's no such thing as a as like... a new movie yep so i watched a movie this weekend and at the end of it it said based on the hit video game and i was like i've never heard of this video game oh do tell yeah so on Netflix... wait, just, hang on wait 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 describe the plot of the movie and see if john and i can guess the video game um a sheriff uh-huh. who is main character fly is being too nice and polite uh okay. gets transferred to a small town of like 10 people police quest and um meets all of them until they find a mangled body uh that looks like the victim of an animal attack okay. and they hole up in the town bed and breakfast after all the power uh, goes out and the is a landslide that blocks the only road out of town. Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, but also there's a werewolf. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wolf Among Us? Werewolf Within. Werewolf Within. Huh. Yeah. Is that actually the game title? That's actually the game title. Huh. So I was like... You know, I talk to Keith and John pretty regularly. This is an Ubisoft game. Like, I feel like something this big, getting a movie license made out of it, would come up at some point. So I looked up the video game, and it's like really... from the 80s? No, it's it's brand new, but it's the card game Werewolf done in VR helmets. So you can... Oh! oh cool. Justin Achille worked on that. No Ooh, shit. I want to say. Justin Achille or someone else. There was a, a White Wolf person who worked on it. It looked fun but also you need eight people who all have vr headsets to play yeah because that that's the that's the big deal is that like because it tracks your movements and stuff you could have like the tells more than like otherwise so if you like you can like stand up to make a speech you'll actually like stand up or whatever if you're like looking around all like shifty and stuff but i'm like that's a weird game to make a movie out of well did it work was it a good movie it was a better movie than a video game i think (laughs) Well, I mean, Werewolf, like, the Werewolf video, uh, card game is mm-hmm. a pretty fun game. And, like, the Who's the Werewolf and stuff is kind of a classic. That's the one we played at, at Ronin's Bachelor Party, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, it's yeah, it's like a little tiny little Indians except a, with a werewolf. And that mm-hmm. was fine. And also some, like, real shitbird characters, which was also fun. Mm-hmm. The uh, other thing, speaking of reboots, I, I saw a movie that came out this week. It was called Next of Kin, but it wasn't called Next of Kin. It was called Paranormal Activity, colon, Next of Kin. Holy oh, shit. You watched like, another one? Didn't you put the last the one at the, like, activity. like three from the bottom of the list? No, that was... That was, um, that was the fake one. Yeah, that was oh, the fake oh, one oh, you right, made me watch. Right. Like, <laughs> right. supernatural... Like, Happenings or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, this one may have been... One of the best ones. Actually. I don't believe you. <laughs> no, real, real, real. So it's a they're it, they're apparently it's like a reboot of the series, but like who cares? Like <laughs> something's getting haunted. Like that's. Uh, but I mean, they they're, they did create like a paranormal verse where like they started tying into each other, and this like just ignores any of that, and it's just like a hmm. brand new thing. What it does do really <laughs> smart. The person who made the movie made another movie, and they decided to put paranormal activity on it. Uh, on the poster. Well, no, because this one is certainly trying to build to a sequel and stuff. So, and and it's also still like found footage. But what's 
smart about it or makes it infinitely more compelling to you, the viewer, is that it's 22 minutes long. No, (laughs) is that it's the people that are getting paranormal activity are documentary filmmakers. So it's still found footage, but by people that know what they're shooting. So it doesn't look like it's not just like, here's the stationary camera. It's like they have stationary cameras set up and are like, they're not just like mom and pops setting up cameras in the corner of the room. They're setting up cameras because like, so like the, the premise of the film is that a woman who was uh, basically raised in like foster care and ultimately adopted and stuff, turns out that she was put up for adoption by a mother who is Amish. So it's her going back to the like Amish town where her mother was to try to like uh, to meet her like her basically her birth relatives, and that mm-hmm. is the framing of like the documentary film that's happening. But psycho demons and stuff. That's <laughs> paranormal that's activity. Witch. That's Blair Witch. No, because they're in like the Amish town. They don't really go into the woods. Come on, There's the paranormal no activities owe a great debt to Blair Witch. Oh, well, I mean, no, found no footage doubt in general there. Was a yeah. great debt to Blair Witch, like without yeah, but a doubt. Blair but, Witch was also a documentary crew. Yeah, yeah. But what's interesting about this one, at least, is that it's a documentary crew that is not looking for paranormal activity, which is not true of the Blair Witch, and is not true of a lot of those ghost hunter things or whatever. So it is. It still has that like that element of terror of like things kind of like devolving around the cast and the cast wasn't like, we're looking for a witch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they're like, how much stuff are they, can they like, and it's also kind of smart in that it goes to like an Amish village. Cause a lot of them are like, are people supposed to be this creepy and weird <laughs> and stuff? And like, they're, <laughs> they're like, should we Amish. say anything, mm-hmm. you know, like it was, it was pretty good. I mean, like absolutely nothing to like write home about when I say it was one of the best paranormal activities. That's not like, saying it earns its place in like the pantheon of all-time horror films or anything okay saying it's one i of the seem best to activities we saw like the it. remake of blair witch or like so the, that was the, real good which was real good how does yeah. any how does this and also how do any of the other paranormal activities compare to that i would say none of the paranormal activities would hold up to it this one comes close like the the old That's like pretty good. The, the classic paranormal activities, like even the original, I'm sure you must have at least seen the original. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saw, I think I saw four, three of them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's like, it's, they're yeah. just house cameras that are set up and something moves. Yep. Yeah. Shake, the and, camera shakes a little and someone screams. Yeah, exactly. That's it. This, this is like full on. What's a, what's a little annoying about it is that like, and I mean, I, and this is just, I feel that like, this is the problem of any horror movie that like anchors itself in reality is that there's like a lot of moments where you're like, if you're trying to play with like, this is real, there's, then you get out at this point. You're not mm-hmm. horror movie characters. You're pretending to be real characters. There's like a weird, like. Yeah, but they're documentarians, you know, they got to stay and shoot. I got to get that footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. It's, it's kind of there, but there's a, there's quite a number of like characters making real bad decisions and stuff. Like at one point they go into the weird little like church that's off in the field and then they find like literally a pit that goes like hundreds of feet down and they're just like let's hop on the harness and go down that hole i'm like do you do you get in the harness and go down that hole like knowing that like someone could come in or whatever like but then the twist goes out really well and the last five minutes is like they crank the knob of craziness like way the hell up where it's kind of like the 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 evil that lurks gets loose and it like it it's it hits like the entire community at once and hmm. like when it goes like to full like little quiet town to like apocalypse within minutes, and you're like, oh no, like, and it has like the balls to kind of like 
not just like fake out like there's like the whole the classic like guy fully on fire and then like guy tearing his own eyes out and all that and you're like wee like as a <laughs> as a horror movie guy you're just sort of like oh man they're not just like do you see that they're like showing you're like oh yeah this is an evil entity has now taken over a town Speaking about cranked up, I don't know. I have a horror movie that I watched too. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but it, it seems like that's what we're doing today. Yeah, um, it was Halloween yesterday. Yeah, I know. I watched It Part Two. Did oh, guys, I saw that. What? Did you guys bother to watch it? it I did. Two. I saw it. I, I have not. I, I meant to, and I think I started it even a couple times. I skipped yeah. the first one. I watched, I watched the second one. I liked the first really? one. The first one was like more. We ranked the first one really high. For, I liked it I a think lot. where it deserved. I, I like. I did like it, but I feel like it lacked a certain amount of subtlety. And the second one certainly followed in 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 its stead. But I think it had some really good moments. I, I, it was like not good all put together, but there were bits of it that were great. What did you think, Scott? I had such a hard time comparing it to the 1990 version. I, I did on. the same thing with the stand not, on on, on Amazon, and both of those things just kind of was like. I like the old one better. Yeah, I thought the old one was creepier. Look, look, look. The, uh, what's his name playing Pennywise was pretty good. Um, yeah, Tim Curry. Tim, Tim Curry. Curry, but he was he was like a little bit of good in an ocean of garbage, swimming, just treading water. It, it, it's when you go back and you watch that it, and you realize how much of a made-for-TV movie it is. Like even yeah. just the way it's framed and shot yeah. and lit, and you're like, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, I f- it felt like such a cover band to me. The new version. Like they did a lot of the same choices they did on the on the TV miniseries, and yeah. they just you know did it with a different camera angle or like, ooh, we're gonna do a you know worm's eye shot here, or we're gonna film felt... Bill getting the bike back you know from the inside of the store. Yeah, like it's like yeah, I get it. Well, they were staying um, true to the book for for a lot of that, and yeah. even some of the like creepier stuff, like Henry Bowers as a as an adult. I found it was creepier in the old one than in the new one. He just was around a bunch, and hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't remember the it one was. Well. It was fine. It was just the weird timing of it was. I, I think they turned it up to eleven too early, and they like revealed everything. You know, like you really got to see Pennywise, the giant spider monster, and mm. you got really got oh, to see everything. Yeah, that, it was like that was such away. a bad Hobbit scene, yeah. though. Yeah. Like running around the giant cave, panicking, and it just kept going. Yeah. Like, oh boy, you you guys saw those Hobbit movies where they were being chased around by a dragon and for forty and minutes and CG did that. Whatever. They 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 also kind of like imagine imagine John if they would have seen the Descent instead and made that cramped and yeah claustrophobic and. So the Stephen spider King was the size of a car instead of the size of a dragon. Has a book that I've referred to many times called On Writing, where he talks about like how to write good. And um, I'm he Stephen King, and this is how to write good. It's really good. It's really really thoughtful. And one of the things he says is like it's like basic horror. You know, if you put a ten foot bug in there, that's fucking scary. But like your audience is like, well, thank goodness it isn't a fifteen foot bug. And then if you put a fifteen foot bug, you're like, well, thank goodness it isn't a one hundred foot bug. You never, you never, you never give it all away. You don't shine the light on the whole thing. And yeah. th- this whole movie was that. Like, you you got yeah. to see everything. And and the like the crux of them succeeding against Pennywise. Spoiler alert, Keith. Sorry, is oh, is like you just have to believe. You know, yeah. just don't be afraid. It's not a, it's not a weird like it's, it's not a child orgy. Oh no, that's how they got rid of him the first time. 
They skip that that, that part. Yeah. They don't have the orgy. <laughs> yeah, they, that would have happened in the first movie if it did happen. Okay, Mr. King. Yeah. So, but the um, freaking weirdo. You just have to believe, and it like takes so long, and you just know that's what's gonna happen. Oof. They dragged it out at the end. Yeah. It's kind of a shame because because some of the creepy stuff was really good, and I really liked um, what's his name, the the guy who played Pennywise. Um, yeah, that, Scars that, Scarsgard, yeah. Did you know that apparently that thing he can do with his eyes? Yeah, he can do that thing with his eyes. Actually, really? Yeah, that's That's not an effect. That's an actor thing. Wow, wow, wow. Also, but (laughs) imagine his kids having the drool is also like Pennywise drooling was apparently like him. Because oh, so the, the like the prosthetic mouth made him like drool a bunch, and he kept being like, and then like whatever the director was like, just 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 try to keep drooling. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like like don't don't like slurp it up, just let it go. So that's like his really like the wet lips and whatever. It's like all the teeth in his mouth apparently made him like salivate a bunch, and then they were like just drool a bunch. So he was like, he was really good. He was a yeah. really good uh, Stephen King. Yeah. Pennywise, Pennywise. A really good Stephen King. Pennywise the clown. Pennywise yeah. the dancing clown. Uh, just even even the but even the first one had that little thing. Like when he starts dancing, mm-hmm. it's like, dum, 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 and it's like you're like, okay, now this is dumb. Like it's like you're too like we get like, and I guess it's weird when you think about the the books, right? Because like this isn't a weird, creepy, evil thing or whatever. This is like a Cthulhu level. This is a Lovecraftian monster. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's it. It's it's not a a weird single entity psycho thing. It's it's Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> you know so. I get that you kind of want to show off that power level, but when you do, you're like, okay, well, I don't. Eh. It's, it's just the, it becomes unfathomably cave, threatening. Being inside the cave was so like lit with gray lights when it sh- would have been so much better if it was black. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, they needed to Mike Mignola it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not Thirty Days of Night it. Right. Black what did you think about the, so the Native American ritual at the start? Did you feel that was a little, little too buku? Of part two, yeah, I don't they, even recall it. They give like a history when they they. It's like there's an urn or something. Oh yeah, show, yeah, yeah. They, it's like oof. thought it was yeah. long for no reason. Yeah. yeah, padding for no reason, and they use that same ritual in the in the second part to try to make it work, and it didn't really. Mm-hmm. That's it's. I don't know. It's been about a month since I saw it. And it's kind of yeah. fuzzy. Yeah. I feel that you guys have seen this recently enough, though, to actually rank it. That seems like a thing. Hmm. The first time when two of us have seen a movie in like the span, like, and it's within the same month. Yeah, and wasn't wasn't quite this month, but yeah, we can like take a look. Um, I I think, you know, there were pieces of it that I think I enjoyed, but I I think on the whole, I was not happy with the whole. I think it was a little bit. And I think that might have been a little bit of you listening to the Offspring again, going that record is great <laughs> rather than that record is something that makes me remember something I really liked. Hmm. Well, it's like, wait. it's fine. It's not so bad. It, it is. It is the top 50. It? It's gotta be below it. Oh, it's definitely below it. And I, and I, and I would, I, I feel bad that it got that high. The amount of, the amount of reliance on jump scare garbage that was in that movie. And just like the movie screaming at you to be scary. Blech. I'm looking at other scary stuff that's there. Like number 91 is the descent, and that had much more atmosphere. It, the descent pressure. has aged a little rougher than you remember, but I do agree that it is a great, like it's a spectacular. Child's play was Sleepaway Camp, 
creep. I'm like, from what you're saying, like these movies sound better than it part two. Oh, I don't know. I about think that. we might be in the right zone. <laughs> I mean, like, it does Sleepaway feel right, Camp is like, great for reasons that are not about its horror <laughs> credentials. Well, that's the power of the list. Yeah. Um, Child's Play. I don't know. I might actually put this under the descent. Ooh. Like, if you want to push it up, I can see it. I probably liked it better than Ready Player One, which is at 74. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't go much. I wouldn't go higher than the descent. I think like, higher than Pacific Rim? Like, I don't think... I would feel that Pacific Rim would be a ceiling. Pacific Rim is funner. More fun than you think. I watched it not too long ago. Yeah, I, I know, like, dude. That movie's fun. I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, John, I think you nailed it. Under the Descent, Above yeah. Sleepaway Camp, and yeah. Child's Play. That, that's, that's great. That's a yeah. good spot for it. Part two. Yeah. With, with and I, and I, I'll raise an objection. I might have to rewatch the first It, and then yeah, we can, one of these we days re- we're going to re- do re- reassess. I, I just remember, it, like... I watched it twice and, really? and like really, really liked it. But I also, I don't know, like I always love like eighties kids doing a thing. Like there's better, a lot of like, like better a lot than of that annihilation or, or like uh, annihilation better is, than office space. The crow. I guess. All right. All right. All right. Crow. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, yeah, the last, the last thing I wanted to watch, talk about, I guess, to wrap the show up is they, they find, they released, Two trailers for the live-action Bebop. And, and I, oh, yeah. Oh, it looks so good. I know. I'm like, I really, 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 really just want to get high. Did you, did you hear what they're doing for the dubbing into Japanese? Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We, you weren't on last week's episode. We, oh, we announced it on last, 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 last it's night. It's yes. so good. Did you so find smart. out what they're doing with Ed? Still, it's still, still unknown. Still unknown? Oof. Yep. They, uh, it's super, and it's and it's even troublesome. I would say at this point because like they they showed the opening credits, and when in the opening credits, there's like the splash of the four characters. It's in the new one. There's the splash of only three, and that that splash even happens before Ed shows up because that only yeah. shows up in the middle of the series. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like like so, the first after the first third. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and leaves early too. Yeah. Like she's in. Like, I think it's less than half the episodes, if I'm not mistaken. It's, is the is like, the opening theme? Did you hear it? Is it still the same? It's uh, still tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they also have the same composer. They have the same composer on for the whole show. <sighs> that's but, like, yeah. yeah. But they were like, we're not messing with tank. Like that's yeah. It's yeah. not just going to be all recycled music, but we're keeping tank. The first like the lost session trailer was super fun because it like seemed to be them having fun. Mm-hmm. Which is like they were like someone was talking about like a lot of like Netflix makes the mistake like or live action adaptations of animes often make mistakes by like leaning into the like the serious part and you're like that's only part of what makes anime anime mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you go full serious eh, you're probably missing something but yeah so they, they go where it's kind of like the opening where there's like the, the black bar but they're also like moving around the black bar in terms of like how the scene is lit but also kind of mm-hmm. like what genre they're in Mm-hmm. so it's yeah. like they like swing the bar through and they're in like a black exploitation then swing it and then they're in a western and then swing it and they're in a kung fu and then like everything kind of like stops and like spike is just sort of like no we're eating noodles first and they're like what like <laughs> you know yeah. classic spike stuff and then like and then the full trailer uh yeah like oh my god it looks good <laughs> like i just i would i don't want to get as hype for it as as i am getting hype for it but it looks super good yeah, like, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black. It took me forever to figure out where I'd seen him before. And he plays Bushmaster in Luke Cage. Ah, oh. he's he's the Jamaican 
gangster big bad guy from the whole second season. Hmm. And I was like, oh, man, totally transformed into, into Jet. I didn't watch much second season in the cage, so I wouldn't have caught him in anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, looks apparently there's also like people have like dissected it frame by frame. Apparently, like there's uh, weirdly so like no one knows necessarily how much of the series series they're doing, but I think they said they're only doing mm-hmm. like ten episodes or something, which is not crazy because they're going to be like forty five minute episodes, and the series is only like twenty two twenty minute episodes. So you're mm-hmm. you're you're not actually cutting a ton, right? by doing that runtime then you can cut yep. a, a bunch of fluff but yeah weirdly i think the weirdest thing in the trailer that i like took notice of was that like pierrot le fou was in it i was like that's Ooh, a thing i would have i remember that guy. i would have weirdly put that to be cut a nearly unstoppable floating french guy with a great big gun through a, a, a abandoned amusement park they have the three minor old man miners in the background of one of the trailers, like the from the first episode, the three old men who oh, just yeah. kind of like, and then they show up in the casino when Faye's introduced. Just the three yeah. old dudes who complain about, yeah, like you know who was more important in their lives. Yes, hmm. I, yeah, they're like a recurring. They're like they're like on every planet. Yeah, like, they're oh, recurring oh. background characters. We're like, oh, I remember when I made this planet. Oh, you didn't make this planet. I, yeah. I'm the one who brought the water vaporators in here there's apparently a split second too of big shots the bounty hunter show nice and people can get like ding, 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 ding. hey big shots Freaking hey the, cowboys yeah the worst. that's great yeah i was like how would you have so much stuff and there's still no word on ed <laughs> like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna be, be someone like yeah. super famous no like so, it's gonna be like 11 <laughs> Well, like, my other theory, too, is that Ed is just going to be an AI. And that's no, gonna, like, no. I, they, I, they did not all say that they love this show and they're treating it with such respect to turn one of the characters into a computer. I know, but it, it's just, why would you not put them in the intro or anything? And if you just cut just, Ed... Just for this reason, just for us to talk about it. I guess. Or it's like... Imagine. Okay, okay. What if it is someone famous? Who do you put as a famous surprise actress? I mean, what's her name? <laughs> the oh, the girl yeah. the girl from uh, Stranger Things and Fear Street. Uh, Millie Bobby head. Brown. No, oh. not her. Uh, Maya Hawk. Not Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk could go. Yeah, she's like. But I'm just saying. But you know the the one I'm talking about the the redhead yeah. from Stranger Things and oh Fear the, yeah 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 okay. The, the 70s Fear Street. Because yeah. Maya Hawk's in Fear Street, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she dies right away, though. But yeah, Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk might be right, also. That could be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, other people are also just sort of like, imagine it's not just 10 episodes, and it's actually 20, and this is just part one, and Ed shows up in the last episode. Ha! Hmm. <laughs> so I was like, cause like, like, we only know it's 10 episodes because they've said it's 10 episodes. Like, no one knows if this... This could easily be like, yeah, we're doing series one, series two... And based on the timing of the show, Ed only shows up about halfway through. So, like, Ed might be hmm. in, like, the finale, and that's oh. it. I'm so on board for this show. Uh, because Netflix added it, I've been rewatching them because it's so easy to... They're so good. They're so good. You guys are getting so hyped, and there's so much... <laughs> so much I know, I know. There's no, there's no good reason to get hyped for a live-action adaptation Remake. of an anime you love. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the, the show? I mean... <laughs> 
The thing yeah. I will say about like like having rewatched uh, Bebop a couple times, and like I said, now Scott, I guess you're rewatching it. Is I was like, yeah, no matter like, how well, what they do with the show, like I can still go watch Bebop anytime. Like it's not like one of those weird like this isn't somehow like replacing it or it's not like a sequel or something. Yeah. Cause like anime sometimes is its own worst enemy in terms of like ruining its own characters or whatever, you know, like, well, John, you're like, Spice in the shell. 3, you're like, I don't like this hero anymore. They're gross. Like John brought up ghost in the shell and all of that stuff was good except for the adaptation. Yeah. Like the, the Netflix series SAC is great. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually didn't. Uh... Oh, it's really good. It's, anime it's like doesn't a, make the jump live action very mystery. well. Nope. I will say that, again, the Bebop, the thing that gets me excited about Bebop is that, like, they don't seem to be trying to go for realism. They're going for this weird, like, stylized something else. You know, like, they seem to, like, pop around. Like I said, they seem to play with the genres that the show plays with. Yeah. So, like, it it doesn't seem that they're trying to make this about, like, a realistic show about space bad catchers, which would have been a big mistake. (laughs) Anyway. Whatever, the November 19th. Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.